What's the name of the podcast? It is called Movie Mandem. Uh, we are okay, the, right. the Mandem that like to talk about movies. Okay. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Movie Mandem. I am one of your hosts, Damien. With me, as always, is my co-host. Hey, guys. It's me, Bam. Hi, Bam. And uh, we are uh, we're being a little bit more formal this week, Bam, as we are introducing the podcast. We're, okay. we're, we're on our best behavior right, right now. Right, right, right. Because uh, we have a special guest with us. And uh, Bam, since you were the one that were, was, was brave enough to approach right. our special guest, okay. our very distinguished right. guest, would you like to introduce our guest today? Our guest today is a lovely filmmaker from Bulgaria. Her name is Ina Sotariva. And we met her at the Films Under the Sky film, film festival recently. Put uh, on by a Sky Gallery a JA. Sky Gallery JA, of mm. course. Had a great time. Watched some great stuff. films. Yep, good stuff. Uh, so she debuted two films, uh, animated and a short documentary. I uh, really enjoyed them. And I, brave, I got up, asked her a question, and then I was brave enough to go, hey, you know what? We could we'd love a podcast guest. Yeah. So here we are. You asked her one question, and then you thought, you know what? We have a lot more questions we'd like sure. to ask. So uh, welcome, Ina, to our program. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm very honored to be here. Okay. Well, honored. She's oh. honored to be here. <laughs> Great. Love the word. Love the phrasing. I don't know if she's heard the rest of the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. Okay. Well, um, we, we do appreciate you being here because, you know, Bam and I, we started this podcast because we're very big fans of, of film. And uh, we, we, you know, we're audience members, essentially. But we like to think of ourselves as expert audience members. But we don't necessarily know what goes on behind the camera, how stressful it the can minutia. be. Yeah. The minutiae of filmmaking. So it's always a pleasure when we get to talk to someone like you who has been behind the camera, has put out so many things. And uh, it's just a pleasure to get into your mind and see, you know, how you approach this, this wonderful art that we, we all know and love. So... Uh, Really excited to hear some things from you today. I guess we should start off with the first one we saw. Right. Which is uh, Agwe. Agwe. Yeah. Why don't you describe Agwe for us? Okay. So Agwe is um, the story of a young Caribbean priestess on an island inhabited by the survivors of a slave shipwreck. Mm, okay. And so her journey is that she has to, she has a dream that she believes means a lot more than than what's on the surface. Um, and so, but she meets obviously resistance from the elders and she, she, she needs to learn to trust herself and to step into her power mm -hmm. in spite of, um, you know, what the elders might be saying. So right. It's a, it's a lovely matriarchal society and her elder, who I read that as either her mother or grandmother, is so just not ready elder, for her to take over. The elder is not her grandmother. Okay. Her grandmother is the one who appears to her Mm -hmm. to okay. sort of give her encouragement and to tell her, you got this. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, you were born to do this. And don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, that elder, who's the, who's the chief priestess, um, she has her own, you know, traumas and things that she's working through and, mm -hmm. and insecurities and, and such. Um, but yes, it is a matriarchal society and it, it, I 
build that world based on on research of ancient African cultures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a few specific tribes? Well, the Akan, Akan. is mm-hmm. a big one. Um, it's been a while. So Agwe was made in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a while. I don't remember all the details because right. I did do a lot of research. I'm coming, I come from a journalism background. Mm-hmm. So okay. for me... You know, the real world, even though this was completely fictitious. Right. You wanted to be able to have your references. I wanted it to be yeah. grounded mm-hmm. in something that really did yeah. exist. You, you right. a lot of source material from just checking out. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, the, the, what, struck, what struck me about it is just that feeling of authenticity from it. It definitely felt very well researched. You know, you see a lot of these things that are fictionalized. Um, there's a, a tendency to, to take liberties with, with what history was. And it seemed... From watching it, it was just an interpretation of this amalgam of things that, that happened in, in real life. Um, so that definitely came through. Um, you know, one of the, the themes in it is that, that fight against tradition. Um, you know, when she goes to, to tell the matriarch about her visions, she's, she's kind of, um, you know, they, they don't want to hear about it because they're preoccupied with what's going on with the, the tribe itself. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I... I see that a lot in, in uh, a lot of popular media these days. So um, the, one of the attendants that were, went to the show with us mm-hmm. yes, uh, on, on Friday night, um, they likened it to the film Black Panther, where in that film, you know, he's, um, the main character is, is bucking the traditions that have been laid down by, by the his, elders. His yeah. elders and, his, and um, another one was um, you know, the, the Disney animated film Encanto, where you have the matriarch of that family who is trying to maintain order and tradition, and you know, um, what about that 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 theme was so appealing to you? Why did you feel you wanted to explore that in in Agwe? Well, that wasn't the main intention. Okay. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the main intention was more for a young woman in this case, but it yeah. doesn't have to be a woman, right? Mm. It can be any right. any human being. Yeah. Um, who is on the verge of, of becoming themselves, mm-hmm. but they still don't know how to, how to embody who they're really supposed to be. Right. Or right. who that person even is. Fully personify themselves. Yeah. So it's, it's really about her journey of understanding herself and where she comes from and what you know, her gift or her purpose right. in this world is. Right. And it just happens to be juxtaposed against, you know the structures in the system that that we inhabit right. and you know i really find those parallels interesting mm-hmm. i never really saw them before well, i mean the, the, it's mm-hmm. kind of those were released just around the same time um so i i don't think you would have been influenced by them but it did strike me as oh i i feel this this is a story, story i feel like again, yeah. yeah i've i've seen this explored it, quite it, recently it's a, it is a um familiar but very it, it, it's something that you can relate to because i relate, mean relatable yeah yeah, yeah because me, yeah. i mean even you know i i've never had to suffer the visions of my ancestors and had to tell my my, no, my not, elders not, about neither it. me personally right no. but but <laughs> as as a young person growing up you know um i think if you're telling a story of self discovery from a young person's perspective the, the most apparent and relatable obstacle is going to be the elders in, in because they, they're the ones that think, oh, they know everything. Um, they, they have control over what's going on. Mm-hmm. And this, this young upstart coming in and talking about, you know, what's going on with them is mm-hmm. like, okay, well, you don't really know what you're talking right. about. Um, so I, that, that, you know, giving a voice to a, a young person discovering themselves, that definitely came through, you know, watching Agwe. So you, you did well on that. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I think just in general as 
as a human species, mm -hmm. you know, we, there is a place for tradition um, and, and how tradition keeps society in a sort of structure mm -hmm. and, and keep things, keeps things flowing and yeah. going and, you know, but then there always comes a point throughout history, you know, it's not one time, it's like, well, now it's now, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, that we need to rethink how those structures work and we need to be a little bit more flexible. Yeah, and, and, and an event comes along that has to necessitate mm -hmm. change. And, and it's very difficult for, for, for these systems and structures to look at themselves and, and be like, oh, well, yes, this has worked for this many years, but right. maybe now we need to rethink it. Yeah. So I, I think it's a very, uh, you know, it's one of those things that is going to be with us from, you know, from yeah. the beginning, beginning of time, of time until right. the, the end, end of time, time. you know, yeah, that... Yeah that young people are going to need to make changes to, yep. and, and to evolve, yeah. right? Every, yeah, every generation has to step up in some way. And yeah. I mean, I come from a, a, a bit of a legal background. So, you know, when you talk about uh, long-standing traditions, you've got so many laws that are outdated that don't. And that actually leads into the, the next foil, film mm -hmm. that she, she, she um, <laughs> yes. was showing. Good segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was a, a documentary about... The, the cabaret laws. Yeah, the cabaret laws. It's called Freedom to Dance. Right. And I, I had never heard about it or seen it. So it was truly that great documentary experience where you don't know anything about an issue, right. but then you get all of this stuff. New information. Told. Yeah, and it's just like it exposes you so much to it. Um, so, Ina, why don't you just describe that one for us? Okay, so let's, let's um, get the listeners up to speed on what the cabaret laws sure. are. <laughs> yeah, so, which your documentary does a really great job of getting that into your head within, uh, what is it, 20 minutes? 20 minutes, 20, yeah. 22 minutes, it's, yeah, it, it really, like, that's the beauty of a short film, is getting so much done in a... Uh, so, to the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, please, go ahead, the cabaret laws. So the cabaret law is a law in New York City, which was started in 1926, mm -hmm. um, and it's a law that practically and legally made illi dancing illegal. Mm -hmm. Meaning that... There was, I mean, it, it's like a whole bunch of things, right? And I, I won't be able to summarize the whole thing, in, yeah, yeah, the whole 20 minutes and all of that history um, here now. But it's basically required licenses mm -hmm. of venues in order to allow people yeah. to dance. Like it's not... It's not even about performances. It's about yeah. people going to a bar mm -hmm. and not actually being legally able to dance. Right. They zoned off areas and, and said, then, in only these areas, you may dance publicly. Yeah. And then on top of the licensing regulation, there's also zoning regulations. So there was whole segments of the city. And to this day, so the cabaret law now mm -hmm. has been repealed since 2017. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's very not that recent, long very ago. Recent, very recent, yeah. And exactly. you said it was originally when? 1926. So okay. that's almost 100 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's almost a whole century. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And it had very racist roots. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was the height of the Harlem Renaissance. Jazz, yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There was prohibition. Mm -hmm. So the city couldn't really control places through liquor licenses, right. which is something that they still do today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they had to come up with all these other things. And part of the cabaret law originally was not just dancing, it was also 
very much targeted at yeah. jazz musicians. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, it, like, specific musicians that played in jazz bands needed a special license mm. in order to perform. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was very early on. I don't remember the year, but I think sometime in the 70s or the 80s, that was repealed, mm-hmm. but the dancing thing was not. So that, that's, yeah. that stuck. And, um, you know, as I was watching it, there's a, a show on HBO. I'm not sure if you would have seen it. Um, it's called The Deuce. And it, it's about, you know, New York in the 1970s and, and um, the way it's so much different from the way New York is now. Mm-hmm. Where New York is, is a place where you bring your families and, and you know, you, you're there as a tourist. But back in those days, it was a place where, you know, prostitution was rampant and drug use and everything. And, you know, like you would like Times Square now is essentially like a mini little Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> but Times Square in the 70s yeah. was, was a like very scary place. Routinely suggested yeah. as like a hellhole. Like it was a you should not go place. there under any circumstances. It was full of druggies. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I recently, recently bought a book that basically documented uh, very related to us um, the the the. It was the cinema world mm-hmm. of Times Square. So Times Square was loaded with all these like, like dirty cinemas <laughs> and also and people would go there because it was always packed. It was a very busy place. Yeah. But you knew that like okay, if I'm going there, I may get robbed. I may get stabbed. I may may have to may buy a prostitute. May buy some drugs. It was just a thing. But it was it was it was a very like a uh, an uh, a Las Vegasy type of place where you knew you're going there and you knew there's going to be crime. But nonetheless, it was. A fun thing to do. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you went, maybe you went there looking for trouble. Maybe you went there. Yeah, if for you trouble. if you wanted trouble, it was a place to go there. For it's that. very easily accessible to but, trouble. <laughs> but why your documentary made me think of it was there's a, a a sub story in the series where there's you know mention of the the gay community and how the you know the places where they would go to dance very much literally underground and your documentary touched on that where these you know people who wanted to dance just as a place just to have that freedom of movement. Um, would have to develop these kind of secret spaces where people would be able to fully express themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite part of the documentary is that part where um, I'm not sure what the name of the person was being interviewed, but you know they said very scientifically, uh, if you drink and you don't move, right. you're going to leave that place. Oh, excess energy. Drink, yeah. uh, drunk. But uh, if it is that you, you know, move up Get and down. Get drunk and dance, yeah. well, you're going to expel a lot of energy. And then you will be sober walking home. And, right. that, you know, that take that man to court. I feel like yeah. those, those laws might have been repealed a little bit earlier. Um, and that was the thing that really struck me about it was all of these the people that you interviewed, um, I, I felt as though I wouldn't have seen them interviewed in a more mainstream documentary. Um, and I think that's the kind of beauty of the independent filmmaking is you can kind of just, you have a bit more freedom with who it is that you're talking to and you can get those... Um, more specific voices. Right, specific and relatable voices of people who, who have something to say but might not have been considered by you know HBO or somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the process like tracking down people that you wanted to speak to for the documentary? You know, How did you find them? And, yes, and I'm, I'm very curious. Whenever I say a documentary with 100 people being interviewed, how do you... Get everybody's number and <laughs> get to them. Um, okay, before I answer that question, I do want to add something about what you mentioned with mm-hmm. the 70s and the 80s mm-hmm. um, and in terms of dance really being an an avenue and an outlet and, and a space where people who were basically practically completely, you know, 
isolated from, or not isolated, outcast. rejected, outcast yeah. from right. mainstream society, mainstream society being white. Right, right. Um, you know, white Americans. White heteronormative, <laughs> thank you for that, yeah. <laughs> and so there was all these people, whether it's African Americans, whether it's like uh, Hispanic, Latins, mm. you know, Latinos, whether it's women, whether it's, um, you know, the LGBTQ community, mm. all of these people needed spaces to let off steam. Right. And so they they had the civil rights movements where they were protesting out in the streets, but they also had these safe spaces where they could go and dance and just be free. Mm -hmm. And I think the two things sort of fed off of each other. I don't right. think one would have been able so to exist the without the, the other. other. Yeah. Um, and I wonder... I feel like maybe the dancing space came first. Mm. Yeah. Where they got <laughs> well, together obviously. and they felt empowered to now walk out well, on the streets. You know, yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that because, you know, there's, there's no better way to gather community than if you're dancing with somebody. I mm. feel like, I mean, it, you know, even just interpersonal relationships, you know, uh, flirting, developing a connection exactly. with somebody. Yeah. Uh, you, Social I, networking. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, I do this. We, we do podcasting. I know how to talk to people, but I have, would have a much better chance if I were just like, hey, let's let's dance. Let's have some kind of right. communication with how, how it is that we're moving. And you just develop a, a bit of an understanding of somebody as mm -hmm. opposed to trying to shout in the middle of a nightclub where the yeah. music is booming. You know, it's that dancing does have that power to bring people together. And, and for, you know, people who are going through the same issues... They would feel emboldened, like, okay, well, I know you. You know, we danced to to that song from Friday Night Lights together, um, <laughs> or, or uh, Saturday Night Fever. That's what I need to say. <laughs> Friday Night Lights, very different, <laughs> very, very different. Very different. <laughs> um, but I think there's also something else, something much more subliminal, mm -hmm. and like on the energy level. Yeah. When you're in a room with people whether you know them, some of them, maybe you you dance with them every week, maybe right, you don't. Right. It, regardless, um, the mere fact that everybody is there mm -hmm. listening to the same music, the everybody's like frequency mm -hmm. is the same. Sort of comes to the same place, yeah. right? Everybody, and then you notice sometimes on you know, on 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 a good dance floor, yes, <laughs> people. It's it it's not different people dancing. It's the, the, the whole dancing mm -hmm. together yeah. and moving in a mm -hmm. rhythm together and yeah. it creates something that's much bigger than the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. Unchoreographed but symmetrical. Yes. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. Bam, you wanted to find out what were the things that didn't make it to the documentary? What was left on the yeah. cutting room floor? I mean, this would make this about a five-hour interview. Oh, which goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you, I had you know, to kill a lot of babies oh. in that <laughs> editing room. You always have to, of right? Course, of course. Um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting and that I thought for sure would be a part of the story but then it just somehow didn't fit, mm -hmm. was that um, Byron Cox, who's the, the Rasta dancer, Yeah. Uh -huh. he um, actually used to have like a very corporate job. He was like some, side, some, some kind of IT specialist. Right. And he, the morning of 9-11, he was supposed to be um, at an interview in the World Trade Center. Okay. Mm. He mm. got held back. He was running late, mm. and while he was in the subway, mm -hmm. you know, everything happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Things went down yeah. <laughs> at the World Trade Center, so he never made it there. And the person he was supposed to meet did not make it alive. 
wow. make okay. it out alive. Um, and so that put a lot of things into perspective, you know, even for people who were, who, you know, for, I think what happened on 9-11 put things into perspective for a lot of people, mm -hmm. let alone for somebody who almost, you know, died that mm -hmm. day, but right, didn't. Right. And so that really made him rethink his life and he quit his corporate job mm -hmm. and he dedicated himself to dance because he was like, look, I, I, I'm practically, this is like my second life. Yeah. yeah. What am I going to do with it? Man, and how no, am I gonna... what, what better sign does one need? I mean, yeah, nothing's <laughs> going to make you want to quit your nine to five in an office than right. if you were on your way to the office and then a plane went into it. Like yeah, that, that would make, I would quit same day. I, I, if my boss called me up, I'd be like, hello, you expect me to come back in? Yeah. No, <laughs> this is done. <laughs> so I can, def we can definitely relate to that. And that must have crushed you to keep out of the documentary then, because that really just show the, the appeal and, and how, how motivating, you know, the world of dance can be. Uh, so, you know, that, that was a tough choice to make, but I can imagine. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think, I mean, it's an interesting piece of information, yeah. but it doesn't really add to the story the as it yeah. is. And yeah, so yeah it, that's true. I even interviewed him twice about it. So mm -hmm. the, first, the first interview we did in his house and then the second one, I, I had him up against the background of mm -hmm. the now mm -hmm. being built World Trade Center at the time, right? Right, right. Because spe I specifically wanted to talk to him about that more then. Mm. But then he got um, into that editing bay. And but then, <laughs> and then funny enough, I don't know if you guys noticed with that, um, with that interview, he, the lighting is kind of... Yeah, that's the one where he's outside and it's, and it's a little right? bit dark. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I just thought that was an artistic <laughs> shot he chose. When I... Right. So I always say I'm not going to keep t telling people that, but it was a fluke mm. Um, mm. where I had a little no, light. No, no, Ina, that I, was a blessing. And I lit him, <laughs> and and then when I came home, and I was like, "Oh my God, only one eye is lit. I yes. can't mm -hmm. use this interview." Mm -hmm. I didn't. Even I had I was not going to use that interview. Well, so then that's how it ends, right? That's like one of the final Sh interviews shots, that he yeah. has. And I thought definitely it was okay. The sun is setting on the on the documentary. We're done here. And yeah. I thought that was really you know I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. It, it was that, one that, of those that, things that uh, it becomes a beautiful accident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, the first time I showed it, somebody asked me, "How did you do that?" And I was like, <laughs> "It was a fluke, yeah. but I'm glad it worked out." Yeah, and, yeah. and yeah, people seem to find it interesting, and so uh, yeah. You see, that that is that is exactly the kind of thing that we we love to hear about. You know, those kind of happy yeah. accidents. So uh, I'm looking. Uh, I just looked at your IMDb just for a quick second, and I see where you have another short uh, that also came out in 2018 called "Children of the Incursion." So we did not get a chance to see that one, but if you could talk about that one for a little bit, we'd love to hear about it. So Children of the Incursion um, came out of um, the UE Community <clears throat> Film Project, mm -hmm. which is a program for inner city youths up in the University of the West Indies. Mm -hmm. And we work with, we do this three month long um, training course in just basic film and video production. And at the end of it, the students also get to pitch other films mm, to mm. be done for GATFest because it's the same organization that, right, that right. organizes GATFest. Mm. Um, and so one of our students from Denham Town, he wanted to, he proposed that we do a documentary about the experience of 
young people during the Tivoli incursion. Mm. Mm. And he was one of those young people who, you know, almost got shot by bullets right. in his house. Right. So it was a very traumatic experience for obviously a lot of people, mm-hmm. all the, everybody who lives down there yeah. and the country, yeah. Yeah. really. Yeah. Um, and so we interviewed a number of, you know, now adolescents who at the time were children. And during, yeah. Um, they talked about their experiences, and then we also spoke to some psychologists, some who were involved in in dealing with with the trauma with children at the time or after the fact. Right. And it's just it's a really heartbreaking story, mm-hmm. and it's not just how they were affected at the time, but sort of what the long term consequences right. of that is. And yeah. you know, it's it's more of those things that we all know Jamaica needs to heal. Yeah. You know, violence, gun violence. Um <laughs> my uh my, my, my sister describes it as trauma porn. <laughs> trauma porn. <laughs> yeah. Where Jamaicans are really into it because even though we go through so much you ourselves know, so we also enjoy seeing it depicted. Sadly, I think the world really likes trauma porn. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why I sort of stepped away from journalism. I was never really into like what, or, or what the, the press does, right? right? right. They're mm. always sensationalizing yeah, yeah, yeah. all of these, you know, bad things that are happening, but they don't give enough space for the good news. Mm-hmm. And I was What's always that? like, I was always the good news journalist. And people <laughs> right, are like, right. oh, that's just boring stuff. And I'm like, may, no, may, may, ask, may I ask what type of journalism need. you're in? Um, uh, cultural stuff, uh-huh. like social human stories. Okay. You know, freedom to dance. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, so, uh, you know, your Children of the Incursion, that's, that's eight years after Tivoli. That's when it came out. Um, I, I mean, I remember the Tivoli Incursion. And it was a, a big thing at the time, when, you know, in 2010 when it was happening. Um, you know, I was far removed from Tivoli, but um, I had a dad that, well, I still have that dad. Um, but at the time, he was working downtown, and um, he, he had a flight, I think, um, you know, around the same time it was happening. And uh, my mother did not want him to leave the house, house to, yeah. to drive through yeah. downtown to get to, yeah, exactly. to, to the airport. It was practically a war zone. Yeah, yeah, it was. And, and it was, In the middle of the city. And we were, you know, we would, see updates. Of it, yeah. we would see updates of it on TV and we were just watching it and, and like yeah. gripped to TV, Jay. I mean, as if I was safely nestled in country. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you were far away <laughs> yeah, from Kingston. Yeah, I was Kingston. like, boy, it's a lot okay. going on. on. And uh, so, but, you know, making something like this, uh, I, I see where that can kind of be a challenge between... You don't want to sensationalize things, but you do want to record it for history because that, yeah. the, the, I mean, the, the incursion and, and the, the, uh, the war zone that was happening, that's very much regarded and people remember that. But, you know, you are giving, it goes back to uh, uh, Agwe and, and freedom, yeah, freedom to dance and Agwe. And, you know, I'm, I'm sensing this thing of just giving voice to the voiceless and, and with um, children, you know, in Jamaica, mental health is not something that people... Um, take all that seriously, um, you know. There's a big taboo around it. Well, sure. there, there's a taboo, but there, I feel like there's also, uh, um, it's kind of inaccessible to a certain section of society because yeah. it's, you know, there's there's cultural things that detract from it, so they don't feel as though they need it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an economic basis there's, there's that distracts, distracts Economic basis. There's also stigma against it. So if mm-hmm. you are, course, if, yeah. you, if you're, you know, saying to your friends, oh, I went to therapy, 
you know, you're... Some people laugh at you. Some people they like, laugh at you, you or they might deny him? you employment opportunities because they think... Wow. Okay, oh, you're crazy. Yeah, we don't, therapy, we don't yeah. want... Um, Everybody we, needs therapy. No, definitely. <laughs> I, listen, I tell yeah. my... I, Human joy and pain has been around since time immortal. <laughs> yes. I, and I, I, you know, I've, I've gone to therapy myself and it's, it helps you immensely just to understand yourself. And, and, you know, I wasn't involved in an incursion or a war zone. Imagine. And, uh, yeah. And, and I was helped by a therapist. So imagine going through something that traumatic, um, you know. I really, I really think, and I, I'm no expert, right? But my hunch is that the reason why there is so much gun violence and so much, um, you know, gangs and, and just, it is because boys don't know how to deal with their emotions. Right. So they yeah. turn to, you know, oh, I'm just going to act tough and mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, and, and they are taught to hold it down until it manifests yeah. into something else. Yeah. And I actually, uh, the, the next film that I'm working on deals with, with, with that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm very um, excited to see that. And uh, as you're talking about, you know, um, you know, young boys, uh, there was a moment where, when I was away, there was a, a kid who wanted this toy, which was a, a doll that essentially was um, a stress relief doll. So, you know, they have like uh, those stress balls squeeze you can dolls, squeeze. Yeah. But this one was a, a, you know, a doll that would go back and forth and you could punch it and mm. then it would just bounce back. Oh, uh-huh. my son needs that. <laughs> well, so I thought, okay, well, that's not bad because sometimes I just want to punch something. But um, the, the little kid, his sister was there and, and she was just like, now, what this is teaching you is that when you're stressed out, you, you need something. to hit, hit something. something. Mm-hmm. And when that thing is not around, you know what you're going to hit? You're going to hit else. people. Right. So, so she, she said, we're not buying you that. And it, <laughs> I wasn't sure if I fully agreed with her on, on yeah, that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I agree uh, with that well, either. I mean, I think, <laughs> uh, I think a, a big stress reliever is often sometimes a, like a physical response. It mm-hmm. really helps get out both... A like physical energy, but be like mental energy. Yeah. yeah. And to And so to have a, a healthy outlet, outlet to do that. For, for anger, because anger is yeah. natural. Yeah. To have a healthy outlet for anger, I think is something is important. Right. Precisely so, that's, that's so what, that like, you don't go and hit right, other that's, people. That's that's what yeah. because like, okay, so for people who train in like martial arts, when they're hitting like a punching bag or a stand mm-hmm. or something, you will find that they tend to be some of the most calm people. Yeah. Because they have very safe outlets for their anger. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, it, it probably does help. It probably would help for him to get a little. <laughs> yeah, we actually, thing, there, to we need to sort of normalize also anger right like yeah. society it's fine ha- to be angry. society says mm-hmm. anger is bad yeah. yeah right anger is is bad you're gonna hurt people but anger is just one of the human emotions exactly. and when you're angry so long you, as yeah. we have a, a healthy way mm-hmm. to release it we're processing it and then right. it's no longer bad because right, yeah. it's not hurting yourself because if, anger hurts the person who's angry first and foremost. Yep. And then it hurts the other people if, yeah, right. if there's no the people healthy way so, to So if something makes you anger it. and you have an immediate outlet to express it healthily, mm-hmm. it won't build up into something Exactly. Terrible. But it's also good to just take stock and say, okay, I am angry and I'm going to let myself be angry and figure yeah. out what is it that is... Because sometimes it's not obvious why you're angry. Right. Sometimes you think it's it's the thing that set you off, but it's actually a, a number Small of Small thing things. that's built up. Right. An innocuous and, thing and earlier. Yeah. So, like, you know, I've had that where, where I've gone through phases of my life where I'm just... 
I'm like, all right, water off a duck's back. <laughs> and then what I don't know is that it is just incrementally bottling up right. until, you know, one day my, my pencil will snap and, and then, then just yeah. explodes. That's the, that's the thing, yeah. yeah, so you're, you're, I think you're dead on right there about anger being this thing that people need to, you know, be comfortable with not only discussing but with ourselves, acknowledging for what's going on with us. And, uh, and often you have to let it out first before you can figure out what is yeah, actually the, causing the, the it. the tension yeah. that's in, you need to get it out and then you go... Because it's 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 like crying. Mm-hmm. We're like yeah. after you cry and you're done crying, you're like, oh, you like you feel this this lit light wave of euphoria, and yeah. you're like, oh, but we don't. What we was don't, I really thinking? Crying about? is my yeah. first therapy. It yeah. always helps. Dancing, <laughs> yeah. another form of therapy. Right. Dancing me. while crying, you know, just <laughs> hey, one two combo. <laughs> I don't think I've done that yet. Oh but. yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I've I've seen, I've seen people shout while dancing, so must oh, yeah. must must be crying as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, w- just one other thing I want to add about this whole conversation is mm-hmm. that I really love um, I, I read somewhere that what are emotions emotions are energy in motion mm. so when we do allow that healthy release of that energy because it's built up energy right and we've all like we all know when you're angry yeah you're like you feel that energy inside mm-hmm. right yeah so like once you're, you're able to actually not hold it yeah but let it do its motion, whatever its mm-hmm. motion is, right, in a way that's not hurting other people, right. then, then we're working through it. And, right, then, right. and then you can move on to the next thing, which is like, okay, now I feel calm. Now I can express, so, like, I was angry because I felt this. Or yeah. Yeah. To go back to your, um, to the early starts of the documentary, the, you uh, brought up the early mayor of New York in the 20s. I forgot his name. But the one who in- implemented the cabaret laws Jimmy in the first Walker. Jimmy Walker implemented cabaret laws in the first place. Um, I know firsthand that ninety nine percent of the time, the people that are uh, both well scared of the black people in the first place and scared of expression yeah. by people that they um, can connect to a black feeling, they they themselves are repressed people. They have been hurt themselves. They have seen things in their life that has taught them to react this way so when even if uh you brought out the movie footloose the kevin bacon yes. movie footloose was in my mind the entire time what yeah the documentary started i was like laws against dancing okay oh, i'm must thinking about footloose. Yeah. Yeah. but of course that had to be yeah that, that, that that's i, I think know, that's the most refer- popular reference yeah. Yeah. Popular because, reference. did you yeah. feel like okay well i have because the, the clip that you show of it i think it's like six seconds long did you feel like all right well i have to show something from, something footloose. from footloose yeah, yeah. Well, so, all right, we're going to get into another, like, short legal legal thing here. <laughs> um, I have obviously used a lot of archival footage, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, um, songs from, from the time. Mm-hmm. And, right, right. And a lot of music that, I'm not just using the music, I'm using it as part of the message. Yeah. Right? Including the Footloose thing. Right. Right? I didn't talk about Footloose, I just... That is a popular showed a clip yeah. of Footloose with the song "You Gotta Fight for Your Right to Party." Party. Right, right, right. And so it, that was part of my my, you know, me telling the story. Yeah, yeah. So during the making of, well, after having made the documentary, all of these questions came up of, well, how are you, you know, clearing all these mm. 
Well, archival footage, I imagine, is Right, free. so <laughs> if I would have had to pay for all the archival footage and all the music that I've used in my documentary, mm -hmm. I probably would have had to pay, like, upwards of 10,000 yeah. US dollars. There, there's the budget. <laughs> However, yeah. um, I, I actually ended up paying a couple thousand dollars mm -hmm. to an attorney who... So there's a fair use clause mm -hmm. in, in American IP law. Mm -hmm. And there's certain things, certain marks that you have to hit about what constitutes fair use. One of those things is that you're not using the footage or the piece of material frivolously. Right. Frivolously. Mm -hmm. Right? Frivolously. You're using it... You're using it with an intention. Mm -hmm. You're using it with an intention to make a commentary or, you know, there's like a whole list of things. May, may I ask who determines that? Um, it is subjective. That's why fair use law is a little bit tricky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you can make a case for it, right? Just like you would know anything in law. Like right. if you're able to make your case, yeah. you are able to make your case. Yeah, I just wanted to add that, that I... I did use, and I did have to take out a, a few things that mm -hmm. were like, well, I've, I have Can't only used that footage, just yeah. because yeah. I, it's not really. And so then, um, but even like the clip of Madonna singing mm -hmm. at this, right, right, right. At, you know, it was like her first performance at mm -hmm. this really cult club, which right. no longer exists, mm -hmm. you know, and it's a piece of history. And that's why, that's why it's there. Right. And, and it's, it's making a point. Um, so, you you were talking about the the films that you're thinking to go on to next, and um, if you could just give us a little snippet of, of what it is you're thinking about, because uh, I see you mentioned Mango Magic. Is that the next yes. one? Yes. So okay. Mango Magic and is Stinky Mango, and then there's oh, Stinky, Stinky Mango. Mango. Of course, there's of course. both of them, and they're connected and they're related. And um, so I'm just gonna start with Mango Magic because no that's yeah. like the bigger picture, and mm -hmm. then I'm gonna. Um, so Mango Magic. So just before you yeah. go, I just want to say to the people, um, you can't see her right now, but she just got very animated yes. and her voice, her, her, very her face about this just lit up. So I, I'm very excited to see what it looks like because I can tell from just how you're presenting it, the passion you have behind it. So please we actually have a website. It's www.mangomagicmovie.com. You heard it there. Okay. Make sure you bookmark that. <laughs> and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's my first feature film. It, that has been in development since Agwe, actually. Mm -hmm. And it's the story of a young boy who goes on a transformative journey to uncover the secrets of nature, master mm -hmm. the superpower of the heart, and heal his dysfunctional family with the guidance of a Rasta mystic, his guitar, and magic mangoes. Okay. Now, uh, that... There's some mythology mm -hmm. there that I'm, I'm very much into seeing how that comes across. Like the, so, it... There's lots of fantasy that you're playing with in, in that film. So I, I prefer to call it magical realism. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I like that. Then fantasy. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's because it's very much, uh, I'm a very spiritual person. Right. Like I, I am convinced that everything is interconnected. Everything mm -hmm. is energy and... Everything you know, is energy. We yeah. can <laughs> cultivate that energy and we can we can we can all together with more self-awareness and mm -hmm. cultivation of our own energy and our relationships create a much better world. Right. Yeah. You'd have to explain that to us. We just watched Avatar last night. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of there there are parallels with mm -hmm. Avatar, even though obviously Avatar is happening in some other world and this is very much grounded mm -hmm. in, you know. Yeah. But I mean, the Earth. core of it is still you 
that that idea of of everything being connected and and having you know um, I mean even just having a conversation with somebody that's that's what empathy is is right. you're you're feeling connected to what it is that they are feeling and yeah. then you you have an understanding kind of that sense consensus. of themselves yeah. right yeah the power of connection love and and compassion right that beautiful yeah. Beautiful. Um, so, okay, so that is Mango Magic. So that's the feature, mm -hmm. and um, because making a feature film is not the easiest things, in the, one of the easiest things in the world, mm -hmm. um, we are going to make a short. We are a gearing pitch. up to a make a basically. short mm -hmm. yeah. um, that is supposed to be a proof of concept, Okay. but it, it's just a little bit different. It's not, there's not as much magical realism. It's a mm. lot more, like, realistic. Right. Okay. Um, and that's Stinky Mango, mm -hmm. which is a metaphor for what happens when we don't face difficult emotions oh, and okay, instead okay, let okay. them rot inside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes that Stinky Mango. Nobody um, wants that Stinky Mango no, in other yeah. yard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So um, what's, uh, what, what stage of development are you on the short film? You know, have, you, have you got the script locked? Uh, you got people attached to it to be in it? You know, it's never locked until everything is finished, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could yeah. even change oh, yeah. things yeah. On, the, on the day, I'm yeah, sure. You know, circumstances happens. change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the script is, is, in, is still in rewrites. Mm -hmm. We're actually um, planning to do a, a table read okay. next week, um, which is going to inform the next rewrite. Right, you know, right. It's just so different to hear it play out. No, absolutely. Than to, yeah. You know. Be alone a, in front of a computer all the time. There's yeah. a great um, moment in uh, in the development of the first Star Wars film um, where Harrison Ford is reading the script that George Lucas has written for for the film, and uh, you know it's got a lot of sci-fi jargon. And uh, Harrison Ford walks up to George Lucas and he says, um, "You can write this shit. You can't say this shit." Yes. Right. So it's very different that when, yeah. it, when it gets in front of the camera. Yeah. Um, so is there a, is there a cast attached? Have you done auditions for? No, it we're or? doing all no. of that in January. Oh, okay, 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 January. Where, where yeah. can people um, audition? Or should they, they should they just contact you directly? <laughs> um, yes, um, I'm sure we'll be posting things um, through Jafta, mm. um, through Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, we well, the reason we ask is because you know I. We, a few of the people that we went to the, the, the festival on Friday to... Films um, Under the Sky. Films Under the Sky. Um, they're, you know, young actors in Jamaica, and they're always jumping at a bit for the next thing to, to be involved in. So, you know, as soon as it, it becomes available, um, Bam and I will definitely, you know, be like the... Uh, what, what do they call it? The, the signal booster mm. for, you know, whatever. And awesome. Appreciate it. And yeah. Mango Magic also has an Instagram account. Okay. It's ma at Mango Magic Movie. Yeah, there we go. Okay. So I'm sure the news will be out on there when when we're when we're ready to set the date. And okay. Well, it it sounds like you you definitely have a great idea that you're looking to explore, and I'm I'm excited to see you know what changes are gonna come when you're actually doing the filming of it. Um, we've had you here for a little bit, but just before you go, we'd like to just find out a little bit about you, your influences, you know, as a as a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, in a, if I may put you terribly on the spot, <laughs> could you give me a top three favorite movies and top three favorite directors? Top hmm. three. He didn't ask for oh. one. He gave you, yeah, he gave you three. three. Okay. Yeah, you can you know stretch around with that. All right. So I'm a very very big fan of fan of Pedro Almodovar. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, he's one favorite. 
This man's finest. <laughs> of mine. Um, who else? Favorite movie. I really loved Waking Life. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's it's a live action film that was rotoscoped. Ooh, and okay. it's it's about this kid who is having all these lucid dreams. It's uh, by one of Bam and I's favorite directors, Mr. Richard Linklater. Oh, yeah. and Ethan Hawke's in this. Okay, okay. you nice. you have uh, you've made our day with this because yeah. um, we, you, know, you haven't seen it. We have not seen, seen it. it. Oh, look Which at we, that! The, the, the yeah, he also made the Before trilogy with Ethan Hawke. And, um, I haven't seen that. It, it's 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 a it's a okay. Let's see what it's. It's a rom romantic mm-hmm. tri- trilogy, and each film is set is between these two couples, and each film is just you just follow them throughout one day, or they just talk the whole day. They it's, just talk. The yeah, whole day. it's 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 one of the most beautiful <laughs> to bits, make, of, bits of chemistry ever put to film. People just talk. It's the whole is, movie. It's okay. just them walking and talking, but and that, it is incredible. Yeah, the, the, the before trilogy definitely. I, I know that, but um, walking life, uh, waking, heard, waking, wake, waking, waking life. life yeah. Okay, I just can't read today. Yeah, uh, waking <laughs> life. Yeah. Um. So what what is that one about? Why does that one appeal to you so much? So it's it's about this kid, right, mm-hmm. who has all these lucid dreams, and the lucid dreams. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it's also a lot about people just having conversations in mm-hmm. that movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like he falls into these different situations. Where people are talking about all these like esoteric and mm-hmm. and like, you know, if you've deep seen a, things if, about life. I think if you've seen any Richard Linklater movie, that's kind of his thing. He loves deep conversations. Mm-hmm. There was a sequel to that, but I didn't quite enjoy the sequel as okay. much. The Waking Life was just and um, really really great. Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out this holiday season. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, Come on, two more, Anna. Come on, yeah, let's please do, this, let's do, do and, and let me know. Two more, two more. Um, Wow. Yeah, you're, you're, you're in the hot seat today. Come on. Okay, there is this French movie um, I absolutely love. It's called Le Grand Bleu. Okay. The Big Grand Blue. Blue. Oh, is that by... Um, is, is that the freediving movie? Yes. Ah, I love that. I've seen that movie. I love that movie, yes. It is. I, I'm getting goosebumps now. Just, it's so just, wonderful, yes. It's so um, wonderful. Thinking about it. So, wait, um, so who, who, who directed that? I'm not sure. Uh, same guy that did uh, Fifth Element. Oh, oh, so um, Luke Besson. Luke Besson. Okay, okay. Oh, right. I'm just making yes. sure I have the right yes. one in front of me. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, Jean Reno is in it. Mm-hmm. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, I can't describe it. It's it's just it's just beautiful. It's <laughs> just really really touching. Yeah. And and it it also talks about freedom and what mm, what yeah. is freedom and how how do people who love other people but don't understand them can still mm-hmm. give them that freedom mm-hmm. right, right unconditionally it's it's yeah okay uh, much like how uh, you they you well the people in the documentary use dance for expression they use swimming okay <laughs> okay yeah. diving for expression okay free diving i'm not yeah. sure if, if if i will um so readily seek this one out because there's a there's a dolphin on the uh poster and, yeah, um, there's dolphins in that. R- movie. Yeah, I, I, um, I have, um, I don't remember the official name for it, but um, it's a phobia of the ocean. 
So, uh, oh, yeah, and Damon, we watched be... Avatar The Way of Water last night. Yeah, you, I heard I, no <laughs> complaints from you. I, I, we watched a three-hour movie about the ocean. Because I don't, I don't like to reveal it too much, but you know, it, it does put me a so little bit... So you're putting bit... it on mic today I'm a, I'm for all of our <laughs> listeners to I, I'm really, I really appreciate that you're being vulnerable about I, it. Thank you very much. It, 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 takes a, it takes a lot to talk about. No, <laughs> just being, you know, in any kind of open water mm-hmm. is, is, you know, puts me on edge a little bit. I think uh, I, you know, I've, 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 I've almost drowned. Yeah, uh, three times now, in fact. Mm. And, oh my goodness! Uh, and uh, even I, 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 well, I'm, I'm, I'm alive to here, alive here now. And even now, I still swim openly because I think after the first time, I almost like, oh, I guess I'm going to die now. But then I kind of <laughs> push myself back up. Mm-hmm. It kind of like excuse the fear of it. Okay. In, a, in, a, in a very odd way. So what I need is a near-death experience. In <laughs> Al- almost. <laughs> that's, that's therapy for you. All right, next time we'll go out on a boat, I'll call you. Are you just going to shove me over, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> overboard? Um, no, but I, 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 I you know, I like, a, I appreciate um, good filmmaking and I will watch anything with um, Jean Reno in it. So I, I'll check this one out. Right. I'll just um, have to have it, you know, in, in the daylight and, and mm-hmm. if I need to pause it any time sure. just to take a walk, just to take a nice in deep a breath. Uno mas. Uno mas. One more. Ay, ay, ay. You know, I'm I'm going in there, and I'm I'm. This is difficult for me as well. Yeah, yeah. I, my octopus teacher comes to mind because <laughs> we're talking about the ocean. <laughs> but I one more scary film for David. <laughs> but I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite. It was yeah. definitely a very strong and beautiful mm-hmm. film, and I learned, Netflix, yeah, yeah, and I learned a lot that I didn't know about. Like, did you guys know that the octopus is octopi? Um, <laughs> I do that. Yeah, they they're like shapeshifters, and yeah, they're one of the smartest creatures. They, on Earth. Oct- I, they're really amazing. Yeah, there was a. They're a delicious too. So every time <laughs> I have one, I'm like, oh, but this is such an intelligent animal. I yeah. really shouldn't be having them. And that's why they taste so good. That's mm-hmm. a secret ingredient. Yeah. Is hyper intelligent. <laughs> um, there was that day where I just I I went down a, a Wikipedia rabbit hole of just octopus facts. Yeah, you know, like the fact that they like a confined space they can you know, morph themselves into it because mm-hmm. they're basically just... A suck of skin, yeah. Yeah, this gel. That I, can I, I watched a... Well, I listened to an entire podcast. It's in, in the 1940s, 1950s, a very terrible activity was very, very popular on the California sea, seaboard, which was octopus wrestling, where they would literally capture an octopus... And like groups of people would gather around and pay money, and people would wrestle in a in a water tank. People would wrestle with the octopus. Yeah, in a in a shallow tank of water, they would wrestle with octopus. Wow, it's very wild. There, it, there, 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 that, that's that, that's another thing I I kind of wanted. Well, we didn't have time to get into it, but what I love most about documentaries is that they will touch on subjects that films would not even could not even. <laughs> gather to, to yeah. get into it, it's, it's almost that that thing of um you know uh, um truth being stranger than fiction exactly yeah, yeah and documentaries can really capture that right um, so when you say when people watch footloose and they go ha 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 how silly a whole town where you cannot dance yeah and you learn in real and life then it's actually, 100 and years the town new, is york. new york right <laughs> yeah. in the 21st century exactly. yeah yeah and you just think that just shouldn't sound like that sounds too straight. Like if you walked into if you pitched that movie, they would yeah, walk they you would right say, yeah. "Get out, small town in Iowa." Sure, sure. we can we can buy Obvious, that. Obviously, New York City. Happens, yeah. No, yes, Stranger uh, Than Fiction. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I guess just uh, before you, so just tell me a little bit about how you came to be here because you don't necessarily when you when you think of you um, describe yourself as a 
World citizen, is it? Yes. Right. Okay. So okay. Let, let's let's see that passport. You know, where you where you go off? Yeah. So so how how did <laughs> Jamaica be the place where you you now hang your hat? So, I think Jamaica claimed me. To be honest. Okay. I I didn't I didn't really intentionally choose to stay here so long. Mm. <laughs> you know. So when and when is it that you first arrived? Here? I've been here seven years. Okay, I got okay. here in twenty six. Uh, Sorry, 2015. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, COVID has really mashed up everybody's sense of time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so I came, I came for a year to check it out, to see what was happening. I had a one-year-old kid, you know, and I was just, well, let's, let's see what mm-hmm. life is like here. Mm-hmm. And, and then I just came at the right time. Mm-hmm. I think it was just, serendipitous like that for me right when Jafta was founded right right and uh, you know Renee Robinson became mm-hmm. co- film commissioner and just the the industry started building up building in the way that it has been building over the last 7 years and I you know I was invited to one of the Jafta meetings and I found my place in my community. I found a job and then Propella um, came about mm-hmm. and what is now known as the Film Lab at the right. time was mm-hmm. supposed to be just like a long weekend workshop and then mm-hmm. it, and then they, they said, oh, well, let's do another one. Let's yeah. do a follow-up yeah, and nice. let's do this and let's make it into this whole big thing. And, you know, I was one of the, um, how do you call it? Like an experimental <laughs> guinea pigs, guinea pigs yeah. for mm-hmm. for the film lab because they it, like they were they were very much figuring out the the concept as we went along. So uh, you're you, you know I first saw Agwe, they were doing a showing um, for the Propeller. I think it was 2019, mm-hmm. um, and you know I was so glad to have seen it again on Friday because. These things are very kind of hard to track down for you to to see them on a repeat viewing. So, is there any place people? Because I'm sure people who are listening to this are, you know, they're hearing us describe it, but there's a difference between hearing about it and actually seeing See it for it. yourself. So, yeah. is there any place where they can find your work so they can just see it for themselves? Yeah. So, Agwe is on Quelly TV. Okay. Which How do you is spell that? K W E L I dot TV. Okay. Which is a streaming platform for Black cinema. Okay. Out mm. of, I believe it's New York, mm. um, okay. but they have films from from all over, from the Caribbean. They have other Jamaican films as well. Agua is not the only one. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also this movie that a lot of people tell me that Agua reminds them of, which is Kiriku, the priestess. I think okay. his name is the name of the movie, which I still haven't seen. So I every time somebody brings it up, I'm like, I have to see this. Movie. And that's on Quelly as well. And that's a French one. I uh-huh. don't know if it's from the French Caribbean or if it's from France, France, France. Mm-hmm. but it's also available on Quelly TV. Really? And I believe you can get like a, a trial, like a one week trial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then if you like it, you can subscribe and um, it's like a Netflix for black cinema. Yeah. Black cinema. Yeah. And uh, you know, the, 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 the major streaming websites, um, I mean, they're so mm-hmm. unreliable these days <laughs> and they, they tend to show mostly mainstream things. That's kind of what was most disappointing about um, what Netflix kind of turned into, because I feel as though Netflix was a place where you, you know, you could get attention as an independent filmmaker right. for your feature film, 
now it's now they want to cater more towards people like um, Scorsese or uh, um, uh, you know Alfonso Cuarón with um, with Roma. You know, those if, if you get successful enough, you simply become the mainstream. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's and what happens. Yeah. So so it's nice Sometimes. to. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the time. Well, it, it's it's nice to expose people to these other because you know we we like independent film and uh, I never heard of Quaid TV so thank you for putting us on to that and for exposing our audience to that and all um, about freedom to dance they're yeah. also really Quaid TV is also really great in terms of um, accountability mm -hmm. to the creators yeah. in right. terms of really you know giving back to the to, to the nice, community nice. that they're they're practically built on right, right, right which right. is the community of creators yeah um, because Agua is also on Afroland TV okay, okay and yeah. I have not seen anything from them in terms of like you know reports in terms mm. of money so, so you're not you know, sure you know how are people engaging with it and you're not really getting any right. returns on it okay well, i got you Qu yeah. Quelly has got your back though Quelly, yeah. Qu i'm i'm yeah yeah your uh, team your team Quelly. all right uh, team uh, freedom Quelly to dance sure. is that available anyway? so freedom to dance was also supposed to be on Quelly tv but for some reason it hasn't come on yet and i don't mm. know if it's the legal stuff oh, okay that's mm. keeping it mm -hmm. I, you know, I struggle a little bit with that with that film because I'm always like, I should just put it out there. You just want to, you know, you know share and it with let the it and let people yeah. just watch it. Mm -hmm. I, um, I think definitely if there's any of your films that I think people just because, I mean, obviously uh, being born and raised here, Children of the Incursion speaks to, to, you know, the people that I see and speak to every day. Um, but Freedom to Dance is that story that I just didn't know about and that's the the true art of the documentary is when it exposes you to something that's going on yeah. that you just had no idea yeah yeah and i think also yes it is about the cabaret laws in new york but mm -hmm. it's also about the very human need to be free right and right. how do you achieve that in a society that puts you down yeah. right and and how do you claim your freedom in spite of, you know, the laws and, and regulations. Yeah, and I'm, I'm seeing that that was your uh, debut film. That was my first film, that, yeah. that is a That is an impressive first. And uh, the things that you followed it up with have been impressive as well. Although I haven't uh, seen Children of the Incursion, but going by your other work, I'm, I'm excited to look into it. Is there a place where you can find that one? Um, no. So I think there's a bit of, not controversy, but there's... Some of the people on the on the production team mm -hmm. feel like it might not be safe for that film to right. be screened okay. Okay. a lot too much. Right. Is is that the the safety of the people who were, were interviewed? And okay, okay, understood there. Understood. understood. Yeah. Uh, well, we definitely appreciate you telling us a little bit about it. Um, and uh, I, I actually enjoyed the the conversation that came out of that about you know mental health and and the the, the trauma and how to deal with that. And um, you know all all your work kind of has that the, this this theme of um, talking about things that uh, people don't necessarily want to discuss, uh, giving voice to people who don't have voices. And we, uh, we definitely appreciate you being a filmmaker and definitely appreciate that you came all the way to Jamaica. I don't know what called you here, but uh, we're glad that you ended up here so that we could have you on this show today. You know, in many ways, I, I, I think Agwe brought me here. Okay. Interesting. Did because you get a vision from uh, an ancestor? <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly, but um, I meant, and I mentioned this at the Q and A the other night that mm -hmm. the 
the very first idea for Agwe before she became Agwe was born in New York. But it was always kind of this very, you know, oh, maybe one day. Right, right. You know, and sometimes I would revisit it and it would grow into something. And, and But I don't think Agwe would have come to life if I hadn't come to Jamaica. Right. Yeah. Because also a lot of the research, um, you know, I actually went and met with, with a priestess mm -hmm. um, here. And, you know, because I, I did want it to be grounded in, in real, right. authentic tradition. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, and, and I, I believe those things, right? Yeah, that yeah. there's certain energies that that create things and before you know it yeah you, just, you know in you retrospect you're like oh this is why that happened right right because yeah. we had to get to where we are yeah now you see the dominoes fall in hindsight to get you to the, the end destination yeah yeah well uh we're happy it brought well, you here you know everything is connected you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i do know yeah and uh we we uh we're happy it brought you here and we thank you so much for coming on today um if you could just Gina, thank you so much for being our first guest. Thank you our guys. I I'm I'm really enjoying it. This. It's going to be tough for people to match up to this. Yeah. You know, we've got like an international scape here. Right. I mean, I'm we're going to be ask I feel like that that question you asked about the the three favorite movies uh that I'm going to ask every guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure. they're going to have to match up to yeah. uh the the French film about free diving, yep. the the <laughs> The Waking Ri Life Richard, Richard Linklater, Linklater from 2001 and the one about octopus, <laughs> the, the octopus. Um, yeah, so thank you very much for being here. Uh, just uh, if you could just let the people know where they can uh, find you and, and you mentioned the, the website about uh, a magic mango. Uh, so if you just want to repeat that. Mango then. magic. Mango, mango sorry. Magic. Mango <laughs> magic. I, that happens to me sometimes too. And uh, Agwe has an Instagram. So there's, um, Agwe has an Instagram. It's at Agwe, A-G-W-E, the movie. Mm -hmm. And then there's at Mango Magic Movie. And then my personal account is Cosmos Art. Cosmic, C-O-S, Music, M-U-S, Art. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, she, she's also, she has an IMDb page. So you can just look through that to see all her, her works. And uh, she has a, a LinkedIn page as well. It's uh, Ina Soterova. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Okay. Uh, and uh, you can find Bam on Twitter at Flat Bammy. Yep, yep. That's flat, <laughs> B-A-M-M-Y. You can find me on Twitter at Damien Movies, that's D-A-M-I Movies. You can also find me on Instagram at Damien Michael Movies. And you can find me on Instagram at Instabam was taken. And uh, <laughs> you, can, you can find this podcast wherever podcasts can be found. You on can find it where you listen on it right now. Right now. I feel like you, you get irritated when I say this is where no, you can find I'm the podcast. No, building a catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> and that is my catchphrase. <laughs> no, I, but it, you are right. Like, it's kind of, it doesn't really make sense to say, oh, this is where you can find the podcast that you happen to be listening to. Yeah. Unless, At the no, end this of the is podcast. for uh, <laughs> if somebody hears our podcast in public. Yeah, like they're on yeah. the street and they're hearing right. it in, in the somebody's train station. Somebody's blaring this loudly right. through their car system. So if you're, yeah. if you're, if you're on the, if you're on the, the Juta bus and somebody exactly. is blasting this blasting over their speakers, <laughs> uh, if you'd like to listen to it on your own, you can find it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, Amazon Podcasts. Uh, of the podcast yes okay <laughs> the <laughs> name of the podcast is Movie Mandem yeah and um, you, you can also find it on Apple Podcasts and uh, Stitcher all the places where podcasts yeah. are you can find this podcast once again Ina thank you so much for coming on and uh, we really you really set the bar you thank set you the bar pretty high me. yeah we, we don't know um, if our other guests are going to be able to match up to you <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening we will see you next time
Take care. Bye-bye.